Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. New intro, let's go. Roll it in three, two, one. Step into the world of decay, abandonment, and chaos. The story of an urban explorer starts here, at the beginning. Welcome to the podcast you've been looking for all along. This is No Tracers. Here, we take only photos. We leave only footprints. And remember, leave no trace. Welcome to the No Tracers podcast. I'm your host, K, just the letter K, also known as No Tracers on Instagram, as well as YouTube. Welcome to the show. So if you're new, No Tracers is a podcast all about urban exploring, exploring abandoned places, and I have guests on the show to share their stories of their explorations. If you want to come on this show, please reach out to me at no.tracers on Instagram. I would love to have you on the show. So this is the last episode of 2021 and the first episode of 2022. I'm going to release it at midnight on New Year's Eve for you guys to ring in the new year of 2022. Let's fucking go, guys. I am so excited for this year. I'm excited for everything that is to come, both in my freelancing career as well as my urban exploring career. I, by the time this podcast comes out, I should be in Nashville. I relocated to Nashville. I am recording this on December 20th, so it's like a little little weird to say like I am in Nashville when I'm not in Nashville yet. But anyway, I'm going to be in Nashville. So that means more explorations with Abandoned Nashville. Super excited about that. Uh, some explorations with Big Banks and a bunch of other really cool explorers. I'm super excited to explore the world in 2022. I'm going to be doing a lot of international traveling with Jake Monroe. If you don't know who Jake Monroe is, just look him up on YouTube and you'll find him. We're going to be doing a ton of vlogs together in Asia, in uh, Germany, in the Czech Republic, in the UK, all over the place. And I'm super excited. And uh, by the time you're watching this, hopefully it's done or some of them are done. I don't know how many we're doing, but we've been, we, we are planning to vlog this road trip to move out to Nashville. So Jake is actually flying here to San Diego, where I currently am recording this, from Northern Ireland to drive across America with me. Like, if that's not a best friend, I don't know what a best friend is. He's amazing. Okay, super excited for that. Uh, But by the time this comes out, hopefully some of those vlogs have already been released for you guys to check out on our channels, uh, whether it's Jake Monroe's channel or the Just the Letter K YouTube channel. That's my vlog and travel channel. So if you guys aren't subscribed to that, please go subscribe. And if you're not subscribed to the No Tracers YouTube channel, please go subscribe there as well. That is where my Urbex content is going to be at as far as video stuff goes. I also have No Tracers on TikTok if you want to follow that for some TikTok content. But anyway, so this week on the podcast, I'm speaking with Touch of Tetanus. So Tetanus hit me up and asked if she could come on the podcast. She was like, yo, I love your show. I would love to be a guest on the show. And I was like, hey. Yes, thank you for hitting me up. I love when people hit me up to come on the show. Let's set a time. So 
So this episode is with Touch of Tetanus on Instagram. If you want to follow her, give her a follow. Go check out her photography. Super excited about it. Super excited to share these crazy stories with you guys. And they are crazy. So before we get into the podcast, just a couple housekeeping things. First of all, if you don't have a copy of my photography book, No Tracers and Urban Explorers Diary yet, what are you doing with your life? Go get a copy of my book. I'm working on a second book right now. It's not a photography book. It is actually going to be a little bit different, but I'm not going to disclose what it is because I don't really want to give it away because I don't want someone to steal my idea. (laughs) But I already have the domain for it, which is exciting. Uh, So with that being said, be on the lookout for a book that will be coming out on May 13th. I believe that's the first Friday, the 13th of 2022, and I decided to put it out on that date because Friday the 13th. Duh. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. And if you want some No Tracers gear, head to justtheletterk.com slash no tracers. You can get the book. You can get a uh, winter jacket, a hoodie, a t-shirt, long sleeves, all kinds of different stuff. And lastly, I need to thank the partner of this podcast, Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you've never heard of it, Well, guess what? I have a new ad for you guys. You guys heard the same ad over the past year, and I was like, I gotta switch it up. We gotta make a new ad. Let's fucking go. So new ad for Liquid Death in three, two, one. Welcome to a new kind of experience that is not for the faint of heart. A new kind of water straight from the Austrian Alps, packaged in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. So if you want to stand out, If you want to murder your thirst and give back to the planet, give liquid death a try. The only thing that stands between you and the reaper is a can of liquid death. Not for the faint of heart. I said what I said. Not for the faint of heart, guys. Give Liquid Death a try. If you want to get 10% off your order, go to liquiddeath.com and use code just the letter K or hit the direct link with the discount code already applied. That is down in the description. Thank you guys so much for supporting my ventures with Liquid Death Mountain Water. It's absolutely amazing. They are actually supplying cases of water for this cross-country road trip, and I'm super excited about that. Without further ado, Let's jump into this episode. Touch of Tetanus. Welcome to the No Tracers podcast. Please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. So hello, everybody. My name is Tetanus from Touch of Tetanus. I am an urban explorer based kind of out more on the West Coast. I've been stuck in Utah for a little while exploring here. (laughs) And I've been exploring for about two years now. So a little new. Well, what you what got you into exploring in the first place? Like, what made you catch this bug? So, I I grew up in a neighborhood that had homes that were, like, being newly built, homes that were falling apart, and I always just kind of enjoyed exploring them. There was actually a section in our neighborhood growing up called, we called the bumps, <laughs> that we would go and ride our bikes around, and it was an abandoned lot with an abandoned house, and we would go hang out and have fun and do the hokey pokey dance on like the guard railing which was pretty dangerous now that I think about it but I was a really adventurous kid and then as I got older and in high school I saw people going urban exploring and I always wanted to do that it seemed really cool but I didn't have a car at the time and then life got crazy I got busy with work and then I was like you know I should try urban exploring again (laughs) or start it 
So take me into your very first exploration ever. Like take me more into like the first abandoned place you went into. What what did you feel when you went there and and what did you do? What did you like experience? So other than the old homes in the neighborhood I went to, I think the first place that I actually explored was a uh it was a shipwreck. Wow. In Ireland. So <laughs> Okay. A, a little far out there. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> so my my family took me to Ireland. Uh, it was it was a whole family trip, and there was this uh, beached fishing boat on the coast. I have no idea where I was. Oh, geez, I think I was thirteen or fourteen, and it was an abandoned fishing boat that had gotten beached on the shore. It had gotten the hole had gotten breached as it was out to sea, and it got stuck. They were able to get it to shore, and there it sat, and it was rusted. And there was a big old hole in the side. Throughout the years, you could see how it had started to bend. It started to bend and get rusty. And I just kind of creeped over in the hole, and it was so amazing. The crustaceans had started to grow inside of the ship. Dandelions were growing in some of the wood pieces, areas that were still left in the ship. And it was just so big i couldn't get over how large this structure was because you normally see ships in the water <laughs> but this one was it was on land and it was so weird kind of like how when you see man-made objects underwater and you're like yeah. ah you shouldn't be here <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's how i felt with this boat and it was so cool and for years i was like oh my god i gotta find shit like this back home <laughs> That's sick. Like, what a cool, like, first encounter with, with decay. And the the way you described it, like, makes me, like, super envious that you got to explore a shipwreck. I haven't done, like, a proper shipwreck. I've done, there's, like, a like a beached boat up in San Francisco called Point Reyes. And everybody knows about it. It's, like, a tourist spot. So I don't really count that as, like, an abandoned place, you know. But the <laughs> fact that you, like, were overseas and you were, you know, just happened to explore this abandoned place, I think it's super sick. So, that's awesome that that was like your first like memorable exploration. So for you, when did photography come into play? When did you pick up a camera and when did you start documenting your explorations? So I started really picking up a camera um, kind of kind of with my job. I with my job that I do, I work some of our social media marketing. And so I started doing photography like that. And then my friend told me about um, an abandoned general store up in uh, Provo. I live mm -hmm. in Utah, so there's there's some cool abandoned stuff and there's some like dumb abandoned stuff, but it goes so fast. I'm just kind of rambling on. But this was an abandoned general store from 1902 that was about to be torn down. We get a lot of earthquakes here, and of course, that year we got hit with a large earthquake and it made the building unsafe. Part of the wall had caved into the building and then it caught fire the next week. <laughs> oh my God. It was like, Oh shit. So my friend told me about it. We went out to go check it out and it was so cool. The back entryway that we got in, I'm a very anxious person. <laughs> it was the back entryway was in a forest. So I was on board and we were able to, kind of crawl, sneak our way through the forest and get in without anyone seeing us or hearing us. And it was amazing. There wasn't much left of the original place, but 
it was pretty much just used for some dude's junk. It was his junk space. There was an old record player and it was, oh, it was so cool. The coolest thing in there, sorry, I'm kind of rambling on him. I'm excited and weird. No, you're good. (laughs) I love the story. Keep going. The thing, the, the photo in there, there was something in there that I was like, whoa, (laughs) there was a stack of chairs like from the eighties the school chairs that was holding up half the ceiling. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um well, I'm happy we're not dead. We're probably getting asbestos, but this is incredible." And I pulled out, I have a shitty little Canon camera. <laughs> I pulled that out and my Polaroid. I have a Polaroid 600 from the 80s that was my nice. grandmother's and I I took a picture of that and it's my best photo. I'm not a super big photographer. I really just love it for, I love doing photography for the piece that it gives me. Mm. And then it's an art form. I don't feel pressured into with my full-time job. I'm, I'm an artist and I do social media for a company and it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of like, okay, are you keeping up with things? How did this do? Did this do well? Was the Mm. background too busy? And with urban photography, just urbex photography, and just taking my little Polaroid camera and my Canon, I just go to these places and I feel like I can relax and just just let the place talk to me. Um, James Cameron, again, sorry, hopping all over the place. When they were filming the Titanic, uh, 1997 Titanic, the footage at the beginning of the Titanic that they have underwater... That is all real footage of the Titanic. That wasn't a set they made. They actually went down to the wreck site and got all of that footage. Yeah. And in an interview, James Cameron was talking about, like, we kept trying all these angles and they weren't working. And I was getting frustrated because, like, hey, um, we don't have much time down here at the Atlantic. And he had to just kind of sit for a second and let the wreck and let the decay talk to him. So he could capture its story. Wow. And with a lot of the places that I go to, I try I try to do that same thing with the photography and with the place. I want to just kind of wander around the place, try to learn as much as I can before I go, and just let it speak to you. Let it tell you its story of the people that may have worked there, the people that may have lived there, the people sitting at their desk watching the clock until their shift gets over and they can get out for the day. And that's what I love with photography and what really has started to get me more involved with it you're capturing moments of the past and of just you in the moment seeing the lighting the coloring and even nature coming back reclaiming this property that people have left yeah and it's amazing what it can what those walls can really say to you you know I think that that's something unique to urban explorers that people might not understand if they don't do it you know is the fact that these places do have a story and if you if you pay attention it will tell you pieces of that story and it's super cool like I love I love this hobby uh, this passion whatever you want to call it I love it because there's so much more to it than just a building you know Yeah like these places I like people there was a house I recently looked at that was I tried to get into that was built in 1924 in this really small industrial mining town. A lot of the the more cooler places that are based here in Utah are usually mining. 
Mm. Usually they're refineries or they're factories. And a lot of these places popped up because like these towns popped up because there was ore in the earth that they could dig up. And that's how the wealth came from this area. So this this town, I won't give its name because I've actually taken quite a few of my favorite photos there. Um, it had it, it got its start by being a mining town. And I got to go see its abandoned refineries and its abandoned office buildings. And these things were so well preserved for Utah because with how... There's not a lot of places here. <laughs> yeah. Unless if you're going to drive middle of buttfuck nowhere for four hours. <laughs> and that's if someone hasn't bought it and is renovating it. Or it got torn down. Yeah. But yeah, if you find a place, it spreads like wildfire here. There's not a lot of urbexers here. And a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the, like the younger kids, I'm finding they say like, oh, yeah, I love urban exploring. And I'm like, cool. Like, you're interested in this place? We can go together. Oh, no, can you just give me the address? Um, no, I can't because I know you're going to go there with your friends and you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And that unfortunately has happened to a few of the places that I've been to and been with some of my Urbex friends. We are like, oh, this kid seems cool. Give out the place and it's gone. But yeah, this anyway. Hi, going back to the house. Um, <laughs> this house was from 1924 and it was it was built by some people who had come into the town these people probably were homesteaders and came here due to the wealth of this place they built this house they lived in there they could have had a family it was a single home and now it is falling apart due to water damage and a fire and it's crazy to think like i wonder what happened here like what like if the walls could talk yeah (laughs) kind of thing but for me it's a lot more special for like this is my home state this and Wyoming are my home states where I'm from Mm. and a lot of the old buildings you find here in factories were made with people who had a lot of determination and a lot of grit Utah and Wyoming can be a really hard place to survive in and the buildings that are left behind and the miners that do stuff here there's it's incredible how hard they were able to work and i loved capturing that and exploring that and seeing that yeah i so i spent a little bit of time in wyoming myself as a kid and it was definitely one of the most incredible places i've ever been in my life you know it's absolutely stunning and you're right about the people that live in those places like they they're very resilient to to nature to everything and it's it's super cool to like have somebody on the show that comes from somewhere like that, you know, that recognizes that and appreciates and respects it. Uh, for you, do you have any urban exploration injury stories? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. Other than like getting spooked, I I tweaked my knee. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have early onset arthritis in my knees, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I usually have to wear knee braces. Wherever I go, and I got to be selective of some of the places I go to. Um, one of my other favorite places here um, is another. It's an abandoned mine slash refinery. I don't go check out mines. We use a lot of a lot of the stuff that was mined here in certain parts of the state um, are actually very toxic. There's a lot mm-hmm. of in, more down south um, in Moab area. We actually mined a lot of uranium and cyanide. You don't want to fuck with that. Whoa. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. 
but mines are dangerous anyway. Um, no, going up a, I was visiting an abandoned refinery mine, and it is, it's up in the Park City area where yeah. the Sundance Film Festival is. Mm-hmm. I my knees hurt so bad, and that's I. It was a two and a half mile vertical hike up to this place, and it was awful. <laughs> I don't know why I did it, <laughs> but. No, mostly, like, that. that's kind of been it. I've been really lucky. Um, I haven't heard of anybody, like, getting hurt here locally. We all tend to try and be pretty careful, because a lot of the good spots are in very, very remote locations. So if you fuck up, you're kind of on your own, unless you have a friend. Yeah, exactly. And can you talk about that, having a friend? Uh, do you prefer to explore alone or with people? I will always explore with people. Nine t- like 10 out of 10, I will never explore alone, <laughs> especially in, well, like in this state, I will never explore alone. If you, in the city, I've been, I've explored a few abandoned buildings in Salt Lake City, and Salt Lake's a pretty safe place. Honestly, like, people are like, oh, don't, don't go over to this city in Utah, or don't go over to Kearns, or West Valley, and I'm like, you guys have not lived outside of the state, have you? <laughs> like, we, we live in a pretty safe place, but there's there's a lot of problems with opioids yeah. and uh, heroin, heroin here. So a lot of these abandoned places, you'll find druggies who are shooting up, and I'm a girl. I don't want to get into a bad situation, so I never go alone. I always let people know where I'm at, and I'm like, hey, if I'm not back by this time, Start calling me, and if you don't hear by me tomorrow, call the police. Yeah. Especially, like, out... If you're ever driving through Utah or Wyoming, if you see a bunch of trailers kind of off out in the outskirts, they're probably making drugs. They're probably making (laughs) meth. (laughs) Yeah. Stay away from them. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. Uh, What was your scariest exploration? Ooh. So there used to be a building here, and I am so happy it's torn down. It was called um, the Murray Rec Center. And it was a it was a rec center. It was called the Fountain of Youth, and it was I think made in the '60s, and then was abandoned in the '80s when we got a more major highway. Um, it was too close to the highway, started losing money, and the people left, and it was left abandoned. No one really bought it after that. And in Murray, there are a lot of homeless people that hang around, and especially the winters here, it gets really really cold. You'll see the shelters giving out blankets and food because we we actually unfortunately a lot of people will freeze to death this time of year so people will go into these buildings trying to seek shelter to stay alive and this building i did not know that this was like the second or third place that i had ever explored and i went with a friend who had not really done a lot of urbexing either and we went inside and this building (laughs) the way that it was structured you couldn't see around corners. It was very tight hallways. There were very tight rooms. It was a really weird multi-level rec center. It was not set up very well. But the main draw for everybody at this place was this huge, like, 12-foot pool in the basement. And so I'm like, oh, dude, we should check this out. This is so close to my house. (laughs) This is so cool. And as soon as we got there... Like, we already started getting a little creeped out, but as soon as we went in and we saw just how dark it was inside, 
And I was like, I have a bad feeling about this. But I didn't want to freak out my friend. I, I was like, look, this is your like second, third explore. Don't. It's okay. We'll just take it easy. Be alert. You'll be fine. And I really wish... I'm happy I trusted my gut, but I wish I would have trusted my gut more than in there. Mm. As we went into the building, it's... We were we were only on the first floor at this point. We couldn't see any daylight. And it was mid-fall, so winter was coming pretty fast. Well, the sunlight was coming down. It was getting cold. And it made it even harder to see. So as we're exploring this building, we're finding things that are getting more and more alarming. We're finding heroin needles. We're finding obvious camps. We're finding tarps, sleeping bags, mattresses, clothes... Um, cans for gas and these cans for gas had plastic wrap over them and then they would screw the lid on which I was like oh shit yeah no this is someone's house we need to get the fuck out of here and so I me and my friend we're looking at we're like no 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 we should leave like I'm already having a bad feeling I talked with my friend they were like no I felt like we should leave as soon as we got in I don't feel safe we're like okay let's get the fuck out so we were gonna. St- we were starting to make our way back, and we heard a door slam. And I know it was the door for the gymnasium. I actually, the whole experience, I recorded on a GoPro, mm-hmm. and I've never released the footage, partially because it wasn't very good. But I was like, no, nah, I don't want to watch it. I was so scared. <laughs> I don't want to go through that again. Oh my god. But yeah, we heard a door slam. We're like, oh fuck. <laughs> okay, it's. It's time to go. I, I don't I really don't want to run into other people. And then we started smelling a fire. As we were heading, we were like, okay, maybe we can get out through downstairs. I started smelling a fire. And I was like, oh shit, people might be living in the basement, starting a fire. It makes sense. It'd be warmer down there. Like, let's get the fuck out. So then we decided to leave. We quickly got out of there. Luckily, we were all fine. But then, as we were leaving, so the place I had parked, like a dumbass, um, was at a local business. (laughs) I was such an idiot. And they saw us go in. So they locked my car in their car lot, parking lot. Hello. And um, we're actually about to call the police. Murray police had asked them, hey, if you see anybody going to this building, give us a call. Oh, no. There is heavy amounts of crime in here. It is not a safe place, so call, please call us. <laughs> so as we were heading out, and I approached the fence, and I was like, "No, fuck, no, shit, what are we gonna do?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, they open tomorrow at nine, so I'll call us an Uber, and we'll get the hell out." And then, as I was pulling out my phone, I saw this person approaching me out of the building, and I was like, "Oh, fuck!" And I was like, "Hey, let me let me handle this to my friend." <laughs> And this lady approached us, and she was actually really nice. Thank God. <laughs> she was like, hey, it, it looks like you guys are just photographers. You have headgear. Like, you, you have your GoPro on. Like, you don't look like vandals. So they told us about the Murray police. They're like, so we just want to let you know. We'll let your car out. We'll let you guys leave, but don't come back here. And I was like, oh, fuck no. I'm not coming back to this meth den. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, kind lady. And we got in our car and we drove away. And about two weeks later, the whole building had caught on fire because people were trying to make fires in there to keep warm. 
And the city made, uh, I'm not sure how this went about, but the city was like, you know what, this is such a danger to the community. Like, it caught on fire. There are surrounding businesses. It was in an industrial area, so... Mm-hmm. Like they're they're steel businesses, they're warehouses, etc. But still, that's that's pretty alarming. So it's now torn down and gone. I never got to see that cool basement, but I don't care. <laughs> I felt so unsafe in there. And ever since then, I've always been. Anytime I'm with my friends, if they're like if we're going out of state to explore, if we're in state, or if it's like a new urbex friend, I always tell them, look, if you have a bad feeling, tell me, and we'll leave. Because I am I am so for follow your gut. Your gut will save your ass, even if you don't know what's going on. It's like, so if you don't feel safe, get out. Let's leave. There's always another place. Exactly. And that's the thing to remember, that there's always another place. You don't have to push yourself beyond that, that gut feeling. Because oftentimes it does save us, you know? So I, I agree to, you know, go with your gut. And especially in urban exploring... Um, how about your most dangerous or your riskiest exploration? Ooh, I would have to say I, I explored an abandoned medical center in downtown Salt Lake. And that one was stupid. <laughs> that was so dangerous. <laughs> Cause with, so with downtown Salt Lake and with a lot of people here, a lot of other urbexers, um, there's actually a lot of stuff to explore. But people, they're always kind of in sketchy places. The really cool places are in sketchy places. There's, there's an abandoned Sears that Ooh. has three floors and an S- two escalators and a cafeteria in the basement. I had a friend, my friend's older sister worked there. That was her first job, was working at the downtown Sears. Now, it is... It is not a good place to go (laughs) it's really sketchy and the cops go by all the time and the last i luckily i've never been caught by the cops i've been caught by like local business people or the property owner themselves i've never been caught by police and i want to keep it that way (laughs) luckily like i usually i like i can usually get get out of it and be like oh i'm so sorry like i'm just a photographer i just wanted to come and check out the place i had no ill will and like we'll leave, we won't come back. They're just like, oh, okay, get the fuck out. And I'm like, okay, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but so this place, um, there's a lot of really cool places like this in downtown Salt Lake, and some of them are hit and miss. If they're really easy to get into, chances are they're heavily vandalized, and they have a lot of people squatting in them. And that was the case with this place. So this was um, an abandoned, uh, yeah, an abandoned medical center downtown. And I was expecting, like, oh, shit, maybe we can find a surgical room. Maybe we can find a morgue. I want to see just old tools in here. I'd love to get on the roof and take some really cool roof photos and just enjoy the skyline. Salt Lake is a really pretty place. Mm -hmm. I really like living here, except for the housing crisis and other things. But (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a really beautiful state. But this building was it's right smack in the middle of a nice, nice apartment area. You have beautiful homes that are easily worth millions. You have all these new apartment buildings going up. You have the police station not that far away. And this place is just sitting there. 
there's a there was a back alley and that's kind of how we ended up getting in we found a window that had been smashed there was a board covering it we were like oh shit i think this board is loose and sure enough it was it wasn't nailed in or anything a lot of people will do that i'm starting to notice a lot of people will do that if they want to go to and fro this building Mm. they'll just put a board over it no one knows it's there no one questions it so for us that's what we did that's how we were able to get in but (laughs) we were oh that was so tense trying to get inside and we were looking both ways and i was like okay you're clear no cars are coming by no people are walking on the street go 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 my friend got in and then i followed in pursuit i will i've also found if you act like you belong and you look like you belong no one questions it i sometimes will wear like a blazer and some nice dress pants that will match my hiking boots so beautifully but i look i don't look like someone who's trying to get into an abandoned building mm. and that works great but i also don't want to get nicer clothes like that ruined and i don't really like wearing nicer clothes like that but yeah if you if walk with confidence and usually no one will care. No one will give a shit because they're worrying about so many other things in their life. Yeah. But if you look suspicious and you look anxious, people will notice. So we were, I watched my friend, they got in, I checked, didn't see anybody, and I just immediately walked with confidence, blew it right into the building. As soon as we got in, the whole first floor, so this was a five or six story medical office, medical center. And it had an elevator that was stuck midway through the floor. (laughs) It was like, oh, okay, that's cool. (laughs) And we were able to find out what the name was called of it because I I found it on Google Maps and then drove around it. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, this place is for sure abandoned, but it's going to be hard to get into. And we yeah, as we were going in again, it was pitch black it's an office center so it has kind of more narrow narrower hallways it has smaller office areas smaller rooms and it's hard to see everything Mm. and we were listening pretty well trying to like be really aware of our surroundings and we were we were okay but sure enough i started to see the same signs of people living here that i saw at the abandoned rec center and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, no, no, no. I've been down this road before. (laughs) I'm not dying today. (laughs) And as we started going through, sure enough, we ran into some homeless people. But they were actually pretty nice. We were like, oh, hi. Like, sorry. Are we in your space? Is this your room? They were like, no, I'm living in the basement. And we're like, okay, take care. And they're like, yeah, you too. Make sure you move the board back when you leave we were like yeah okay sure thing dude (laughs) just don't stab me and yeah we the whole building was basically trashed i only got like two ish decent photos out of it it was a cool explorer but the whole time i was so tense because only the first floor's windows were boarded up the rest of them you could see right into from off of the street Mm. And if you were living at the apartments, right across the street. So anytime I had to walk in front of a window, I would not walk in front of it. I would crouch down and just metal gear my way across the floor. (laughs) And like, no, I'm not getting caught by police. They're like right around the corner. No. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up exploring the whole building and we didn't quite get to the roof. It started getting too dark. 
But the upper, weird enough, the upper floors were starting to be renovated. Hmm. But the city had listed it that it was going to be torn down, or at least the whole inside was going to be gutted, and it was going to be turned into an apartment complex as well. Everything is getting turned into an apartment complex here. Wow. Places are going so fast that are abandoned, and they're getting turned into apartment buildings. So it's like, if you see somewhere, with some of my local friends that explore, if we see a place and it's open, we call each other up and we're like, yo, the old grist mill is open. We got to go now. Where are you? It's like, oh shit, I'm right there, boy. And we'll run right over. But because it's every, all these older places are either being burned down by homeless people or mm-hmm. getting torn down by the city because they need more housing. Yeah. But that place, I started to get sketched out, started to get that feeling in my gut. <laughs> I was like, oof. You know, I think it's time to go. I think we need to get out of here because it's getting dark and anybody else that's living here, they're going to come back here to go home and go to sleep for the night. So we should get the fuck out. And we ended up getting out, came the same way. We went back in. Luckily, there was a little bit of an alleyway cove so we could see around corners, moved the board back, looked around the corner and went the exact opposite way behind the building and came out from another business complex. And just walk down the street like nothing. Nobody questioned it. But later, then we heard from another explorer. They were like, no, I I got in. And then a homeless person said, you don't want to be here. People are setting this up for traps. They're starting to see people are coming to check this place out. And they're starting to attack them. You you should get out of here. Holy shit. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I would have loved to have known that. God, that's crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. So I'm I'm always go with your gut. So far, it's always been a, a really good thing to trust. But yeah, some of the... I'm a bit more skittish of homeless people here than versus other places. A lot of the places that I prefer to explore are usually out in the middle of nowhere. They're usually relatively untouched. And you don't have to worry about squatters or right. homeless people. If someone's there, it's pretty obvious. And I just feel safer when it's out in the middle of nowhere. When it's in the city is when I start to get really anxious and really be careful of my surroundings. Yeah. No, it's the same with Los Angeles. You know, you never know who you're going to run into in these places. And I've had similar situations where there's people living there ask you like, hey, do you guys need a room for the night? You know, it's like, oh, no, that's so no nice. but thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, but no, I'm okay. <laughs> I was like, no, we're, we're all set. Thanks, bud. Ah, oh, yes. God. The chlamydia couch, the my chlamydia favorite. The chlamydia couch. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could live in one place you've explored for an entire week, which place would it be? Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it would probably be the general store because it was just so nice and peaceful or the abandoned refinery mine up in Park City. Um, interest- One of the cool things about that place So it had four stories and a basement where they would do ore deposits and like, I'm not even sure how to like fully describe it. They would, um, all the ore would get shooted to the basement. They would have shoots for the ore and then they would organize it. And there are these huge pieces of machinery down this hallway and then this little boardwalk. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. But 
it i would probably either choose yeah there or the general store because it, it was so cool and it's you're right in the in the dead center of the mountains and people actually i think people went up there to have parties because on the very top fourth floor it was it was tagged and graffitied but all in like unison in a very artistic way all the pillars were electric blue and all of the electrical boxes on them were orange and there were two brooms in the corner. <laughs> Upstairs was ironically the cleanest <laughs> out huh. of the whole building. So I was like, oh shit, this would be really fun to hike up here and get a hammock and just camp the night or camp over a weekend up here and just go exploring. Oh, do, yeah. Little do all the millionaires know who live in Park City that it's like, haha, we are hiding out in an abandoned building. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and what do you do when you're not exploring abandoned places? So I <laughs> I paint minis like Warhammer and stuff. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do I work in manufacturing. I don't want to give away too much of no, yeah, yeah, yeah. my job, but I work in I do some contract work. I right now I work in manufacturing for a minifigure company, but I used to work for a studio company doing um costuming, props, and mold making for film work. What <laughs> what the fuck? What? Yes. That's uh, we'll talk more thanks. off the podcast because that's okay. fucking cool. Oh my god! <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, COVID, um, COVID killed the company I worked yeah. at, and that's kind of what launched me into urban exploring. I was like, well, fuck. Okay. Um, well, I still have my home studio where I can still keep working on pieces and commissions and contracts, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of free time now. So let's go explore dangerous places. I like that. Yes, <laughs> so good. Uh, do you have any goal places, like bucket list items, places you want to explore that you haven't gone to yet? Oh, there are some. I have some that are like absolutely impossible. That would just be so cool. And yeah, I I would love. This is so. I would love to visit Pyongyang mm. in North Korea. Mm. I would love to go and explore North Korea, but. It's North Korea. Yeah, it's a not, not a great place. <laughs> no, um, Battleship Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Battleship Island, amazing. Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. I would really love to visit Chernobyl. Um, growing up, my family, um, we actually had a very nice lady who lived in our basement named Rita, and she came from, oh, was it Donkets, Ukraine? Wow. I think she was from Donkets, and. She came over to the U.S. right after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and my family was like, yo, come come live at our house. You can come hang out with us. She was getting married to one of their friends, and they were like, well, here, don't, don't worry about housing. You can come live at our home. We'll help wow. you learn English. And so she, she was such a nice lady. She's still alive. She's still alive. <laughs> but one of the issues with poor Rita, she actually... After the Chernobyl incident, she was 12 when it happened. Um, she's had stomach problems ever since. Dang. And I I would absolutely love to... I would love to see her hometown. And I would love to go to Chernobyl. To see everything just gone. There's so much about the town of Pripyat, about the fallout, about the cleanup. The HBO Max miniseries is awesome, but... There's, like, so many other things that they didn't cover. Like, all Mm. the food. Workers had to go into apartment buildings and get rid of the food. Because if animals were to come in and eat them, they could die. And then their remains would carry the radiation in a huge mess. 
the last place I would really love to check out would be my family's homestead in Wyoming. It unfortunately, due to just like, eh, just family stuff, it um, got sold off to another person like before I was born. But the land, the original homestead that my great grandmother's parents built is still there. The house is still there. The person, whomever owns the land is still taking care of it. And it's something I've always wanted to see. I got really lucky growing up seeing my great grandparents. I got to know them. Wow. Because my family is vampires, apparently. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really cool people. They were really, like, awesome and terrifying. So they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go get get a bucket of KFC and go up to Canyon, hunt some elk. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm six, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, but- my God. <laughs> so you're just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they're so cool. Like, they're... They lived in a tent for an entire year as they built that house. Wow. I'm like, that is so fucking cool. Holy That's shit. I never want cool. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but good good for you. Good for but you. But good for you. you I won't do that, that, but shit. cool. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Grandma. You keep doing that shit. <laughs> That's crazy. But, yeah. I, I would love to see that. I probably just need to reach out to the owner and give them my the, the our family name. And they, yeah. they may or may not let me explore it, but I've always wanted to see that. That sounds sick. Wow. And uh, what do you hope for the future of urban exploring? I am not sure. <laughs> um, I hope people continue to enjoy it and learn from it. Learn from the history of these places. I've, I've had more of an appreciation and connection with the people that lived there or worked there or the just like the dreams that they had to create these places. I hope that people search for those memories and search for those sparks of why did people start this mining town out in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) but yet you see these homes that have handcrafted stained glass windows in them like someone obviously cared so much about living here about either the environment here or their family creating a better life i hope people continue to keep searching for those little hidden bits of history and connecting with them yeah definitely wow and uh what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring bring a fucking flashlight (laughs) you dumb bitch (laughs) bring a flashlight um and food yeah bring some food um i like to bring granola bars with me water hand sanitizer um i forgot flashlights so many times same i was like god damn it and i just (laughs) use my phone but then your phone dies and it's like oh okay well good thing i'm not dying here today but (laughs) yeah the yeah and just just enjoy it and follow your gut if you don't feel a place is safe don't go there's always another place it's not worth it yeah definitely and uh if people want to continue following your journey where can they find you online drop your social media yeah so you can find me on instagram at touch of tetanus and (laughs) i recently started a weird youtube channel cat it like documenting some of the places that i check out and that is also that youtube channel is a touch of tetanus on youtube 
Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on No Tracers. Yeah, happy to. Love the podcast. Keep doing the good work. It's it's so enjoyable to listen to. What an episode. Wow. I love having girl explorers on the podcast. It's so much fun. And they thems. I love having non-binary explorers on the podcast. Yo, if you're a lady explorer, if you're a non-binary trans, if you're in the community and you want to come on the show and you explore abandoned places, please reach out to me on Instagram at no.tracers. Actually, anybody that wants to come on the show, please reach out to me. That is how Touch of Tetanus got in touch with me and got to come on the show. Uh, she reached out and was like, yo, I love the show. I would love to be a guest. And I was like, bet, let's do it. So yeah, it's that easy to come on the show. If you guys have recommendations for the show, please get at me at no.tracers with your recommendations. Uh, welcome to 2022, guys. Let's fucking go. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go explore something, and remember, leave no trace. Trace.